So that little ditty you just heard was uh, produced by my good friend, Ryan Williamson, who I happen to have on the phone right now. So we're going to chat with him about what the fuck ever. So, hey, Ryan, what's up? What's up? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Doing all right, man. Uh, you know, all things considered with the, the whole coronavirus and everything else that's going on in the world right now, I, I can't really complain. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Fucking... Uh, the funny part is that we have to pretend we haven't been talking for like 20 minutes before this starts. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what friends are for, right? Exactly. Talk. Well, that's all we do. <laughs> we don't make a sweet love anymore. So, well, it'd be, it'd be so much easier to do that if I saw you more often, Sean. Yeah, but what is it? An hour and a half drive, and I'm lazy, though I do want to come up. I love it up there, but I also hate the fucking, uh, I hate that I would be a terrorist with all the terrorists that I hate. <laughs> well, less so of a tourist, I feel like, because you did live here for quite some time. Yeah, it's like visiting home, but, I mean, at the same time, I'm just another person that's in the fucking mess of everything else. Yeah. And it sucks, because up that way, it's like they survive off of tourism, and uh, the, whole, the whole time, I'm just like, can you get the fuck out of here? <clears throat> but if it wasn't for that, I don't think any of you guys would have jobs. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it's it's definitely like we, we, we rely on the tourism, but I mean, and a lot. The thing is that like there is like it's like two shitheads for every eight good people. So it's like two out of ten people that come up here that are tourists are fucking dicks. Everybody else is pretty cool, you know. Um, I've been working in the service industry for a long time, whether it was this, that, or the other thing. Um, currently in like in the tattoo shop, you know, uh, and you know, we were shut down for three months, which sucked. I mean, like, you know, a vacation is cool, but like a three month long vacation at home is not the most fun thing. I mean, when, uh, when the final fantasy seven remake, came out i beat the game in three days in my underpants <laughs> you know like that's a game that, that uh, i played probably 70 hours of a game in three hours and that's 72 hours so <laughs> that's you didn't fucking sleep i i really didn't i was just like at that point i was like didn't know what to do with myself anymore i didn't have to wake up so i didn't have to go to bed so i just kind of didn't <laughs> yeah, I myself, I would be in a deep, deep hole. The only thing that would keep me going, like getting up at an okay hour, is having you know Dalton still had to go to school. Granted, over the summer we'd probably night owls the whole time, and yeah. Dalton would know what three a.m. looked like. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any kids currently, um, but I, I totally get that. I mean. The, the, the thing that really kept me occupied was like music stuff. I mean, more so than the video games. I definitely played quite a bit of video games because there's only so many hours of guitar you can play. Um, but like between like working on the Art and Mortem stuff, uh, Bastard Rat, and uh, um, the Slow Death of Gaia, and all that, it was uh, definitely kept me busy. You know, deciding to make that music video for. Gaia was definitely a project in, in and of itself, and that ended up, I, 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 I came up with that idea like a month before I went back to work, and it took a while to kind of get everybody on board, 
And so I didn't end up finishing it for a while because I ended up going back to work. And so I had to like do it like after work or before work, like work on that and like try to button everything down. But I thought it came out pretty good. I, I had fun with that. So I'd like to do more of that in the future. Um, if anybody wants a, a low budget music video made, uh, <laughs> I can definitely help you out. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, the plus side is they can do most of the shooting at home with their own cell phones. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, I can just throw everything together and, and do all the, the hard work. <laughs> oh, that's a... Uh, as long as they don't have, like, an absolute deadline, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they don't, like, want a bunch of, like... I mean, you, you could do it with a cell phone. You could do it with cameras. It's 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 fairly simple. I mean, I, I get a shout-out to our buddy Corey Delby and uh, my other buddy John Harmon. Both uh, went to school for film, and they both pretty much explained it to me. Yeah, over beers and whatnot in the past, and I got just like, I, you know, I think I could do that. And I'm fairly technology savvy. Well, so luckily, I've 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 always known you to be somebody that somehow, like, if you're not, if you're for me, if you're not drawing it on paper or we're not in front of the item, I can barely follow along. And you've always been one of those guys where you can like, all right, so you go to this, you click that, you look over there, and under that there's going to be another thing, and then there's that, and you're like, oh, word, got it. Well, it's like I it was it was a little bit of trial and error at first because I had um, I didn't know what to use for software. Yeah. Um, and so I read some reviews and I downloaded a few random programs like free trials. And I was like, well, let me see if I can make like a two minute long like thing or like a one minute long thing cohesive. And if it has the tools that I want and if it like the, the general user interface is like end user friendly. And user being me, the guy who's using the, the, the software. Um, you indeed were the, the user. The, the end user. Yeah. Using some technical terms here. Uh, but um, honestly, I uh, found a really affordable piece of software that um, that worked great. And um, I actually have uh, another little bit of stuff that I did for Gaia that we have yet to release. Um that I did and I put together and I sent it over to uh, the other guys and uh, I, I just pretty much put that in their hands. I'm like, you guys do what you want with this because I actually don't have access to the um, social media pages for that band. Oh. So I can't like, <laughs> I can't just put it up there and I'm not going to put it up on my page and be like, oh, hey, like we did a thing and then nobody will see it because, I mean, people will see it, but like not like the people that are like the demograph because a lot of my friends on Facebook are not I guess well, a lot of my friends on Facebook and Instagram are like into heavy metal, but like not necessarily all of them. Whereas the people that follow the band are all looking for that, you know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I could definitely say a majority of my friends and friends lists are all, I mean, I'd say more, more than the opposite are metalheads themselves. <clears throat> So it's kind of like when I try to advertise shit, half the time it's like, this isn't going to be heard. <laughs> well, and that's like the gamble that we take, you know, like doing any of this stuff, like, because, you know, sometimes you find that it's like, you'll, you know, especially because like, I, I realized I've had my Facebook page since 2006 now, <laughs> which is a long time. That's back when it was for college students, pretty much, and that was it. Yeah, and and so like to me, it's like a lot of people like the initial bunch 
is people that I knew in college, not necessarily all into metal, not necessarily all the people that I knew in college kept their Facebook running. Yeah. Uh, a lot of like the, the more punk and metal kids actually got rid of Facebook because they're like, fuck social media. And I get that. I need to have social media for my job. Uh, you know, it's part of what I do uh, working at the tattoo shop and being the, the shop manager, you know, doing social media for the shop, doing social media to kind of boost uh, my own stuff as a, as a body piercer, which I'm, I'm horrible at. I don't post nearly enough and I need to, to kind of get better at that. But I, I also try to be like, you know, I, I'd love to be able to just drop social media because I, I feel uh, there's like this quote from the movie Wayne's World and the movie Wayne's World has been a very influential film in my life. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like Wayne is pining after the guitar, he's pining after the girl and Garth just looks at him and says, live in the now, man, live in the now. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> like, I feel like we all spend so much of our time these days attached to a mobile device. I mean, even currently right now, I'm talking to you on the phone, albeit this is, you know, contributing something to the world i mean we're putting something out there and maybe you know people enjoy it maybe people don't enjoy it but uh you know if i can spend more time enjoying and appreciating what's actually happening around me you know instead of taking pictures to post on instagram and and videos for snapchat or whatever you know like i feel like my life will be more fulfilling Oh, I wholeheartedly agree, and I think that fucking, that's part of what kills me about social media overall. <clears throat> I I do a lot of following of things, and the things I follow typically are like living off-grid and camping hacks and all that sorts of junk. So, it's, uh, you know, things I love, but it's also being fed by people who are trying to live that lifestyle, and their only income is due to social media. And therefore, they're glued to it at the same time as try to trying to live that life outdoors and appreciate and working for, like, you have to work for your food or you have to, you know, you you better chop wood or you're not going to be warm tonight or so on and so forth. You know, living in the, I guess, a little more primal, which I envy, but at the same time, like, we, I don't That'd know. Be pretty hard to do with a kid. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean... Of course, not now. Uh, he needs a place and I need the conveniences, but it's where it is. But, you know, as you mentioned, we're all glued to it. You need it for your job. I mean, I don't need to do this, but it's something that helps me out mentally. Like doing this podcast, the reason why I started is because sometimes I just ramble and sometimes it's to myself and I might as well just let other people hear it because now I seem a little crazy on my own. I wholeheartedly agree with that statement anyways, because I mean, having known you for a long fucking time at this point, like almost, uh, it's been about 14 years, uh, yeah. and I've almost 15 years at this point, and, um, which is impressive, you know, um, it's a long time, and um, you're a funny guy, you always made me laugh, I mean, we've been good friends for that entire duration of time, um, we've, we've been roommates, on multiple occasions and uh i can probably can't even count on all my fingers and toes how many times that we've been just sitting there talking and both of us have been in tears laughing over like the most asinine shit oh uh, so the dumbest shit 
but I mean, that's those are the best times. Like that's in that you know bringing it back to like the live in the now type of thing. Like even like uh, Nick, my current roommate, who you also know, who has also been roommates with you, um, and also your coworker in the past and stuff. Uh, like we've all like had those those times together, and it's like I feel like those are, you know, it's not like if if I'm laughing that hard in a mil- in a moment, I'm not gonna pull out my fucking cell phone and record us laughing that hard oh yeah because like, i feel like a lot of the social media aspect of life is like it's escapism because like you don't want to live like so many people are fucking depressed these days like i feel like it's more <clears throat> maybe it's more acceptable to say you're depressed or be depressed but like it's it's more out in the open depression and i feel like so many people try to get, escape their lives by looking at what other people are doing but then at the same time, that kind of sets a standard for like, well, why aren't, why aren't I doing this? Or why isn't my life this good? And it's like, well, because people are just showing the parts that are the highlights. Well, yeah. They're and in turn, they're also, they're also fabricating highlights. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's what's killing me. What I was trying to get at, too, it's like, um, as I said, I follow the, you know, like the camping, living outdoors and all that shit, van life and stuff like that. Um, the, yeah, they don't the, show you when the van fucking breaks down. Oh yeah, I mean sometimes they do. Some of the channels I follow, they like they're like these are the fucking hardships. This is why, if you're not all the way in it, you shouldn't do it. But what I'm getting at is like there's one camping something rather, and I like seeing the, the like the pictures of the cabin in the fall with snow, which is in winter, not the fall. Um, just to be clear, I'm not an idiot. Uh, yeah, no, I, but um, totally, but totally it. Just- it they have like a like the thumbnail or the picture. It's like, all right, don't get me wrong. I like that girl's butt in those fucking really tight whatever she's wearing, but that's not what I'm looking for. Like that, I want to see that wilderness. I don't want it to always be attached by a person or like, look at me doing this. That's not what I'm interested in, and that's the problem. I think is what it is. Is everybody wants to be seen, like. You want to see it, but you'd rather be doing it. Oh, exactly. And, I, and like when you're saying that, like I, I pictured in my head, uh, I have a friend who actually, like she has achieved that. Yeah. She, like here in in this area where I live, um, her and her boyfriend have a teepee, and they have a wood stove in the fucking teepee. Yeah. It's like a big teepee, and then they have a bed, and they have their dog, and they have like enough to, to do you know and they can go to like i think they go to like the appalachian trail huts to like shower and stuff like that but like they have they have figured out like the way to do that she was like she sent me like a video uh last winter during a storm and she like walked outside of her like cozy little teepee that like they've figured out like this super awesome minimalist lifestyle that i could never live because i have too many fucking guitars <laughs> <laughs> yeah um if they wouldn't warp from freezing, they'd warp from drying out because of the wood stove. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, I'm like, oh, you know, that's like super cute and like looks like really com- comfortable and cozy. But like, I just have too much band stuff. Well, the thing is, too, it is comfortable and cozy, but it they had to work their fucking ass off to make it comfortable and cozy. Like, exactly. you know, getting wood, splitting wood. I'm sure that you know, if you have a chainsaw or something like that, which might be convenient, but. Like, in turn, you need to work your odd job, go make sure you get money for what if you aren't able to cut it down yourself. I mean, they both work jobs, like regular jobs. Yeah. And and stuff like that, but it's like, that's where they live. They've got this little tiny piece of land. Do they own the property? 
Uh, I believe so. Um, but it's just, it's, and it's small. <laughs> That's the thing about that too. There's there's like laws against that. I mean, you can own land, but you need like a proper dwelling or something like that. And there's weird loopholes about it. But I don't think you need to do anything if it's your land. You can do whatever the hell you want with it, within reason. I mean, I mean, because like, how how would you get away with nudist colony? Because I know for a fact there are a couple nudist nudist colonies Nud- colonies <laughs> in like New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> my my, like a girl that I dated many 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 years ago. Her dad's girlfriend like had a house that was like fucking like two football fields like, away from a uh, news colony, and they just had this massive wooden fence. It was like thirty feet tall. Yeah. And I'm like, what's up with this huge wooden fence that like goes around this massive piece of property? And like, oh, it's a news colony. There's a bunch of naked people running around in there. All right, cool. That's a thing. Like, I mean, there's one out here in Lee, Lee, New Hampshire. Yeah, no, that's 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 the one. The big red wooden fence. Yeah, it's right near the racetrack, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's the place. Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. Yep. <laughs> so you know. Yeah, um, it was like something silly, like Sunset Nudist Colony. <laughs> I like to see my balls glow on the horizon. That's that's my goal in life. I'm gonna live there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna run around naked with a guitar all the time. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like you know, like I, I'm pretty sure that with, within reason, as long as you own the property and you pay your taxes, you can do whatever the fuck you want on your own property. Yeah. I mean, within reason, as long as nobody you know catches you doing something like breaking the law. But I don't think there's anything against the law. The, Not a thing. It says like it's like if you own your property and you pay your taxes, that you can't live in a tent on your own goddamn property. I mean, that yeah, would be a pretty fucked up law. <laughs> and if there is, I mean, that's well, yeah, pretty fucked up. Well, I think they're like screwed as soon as they want running water, or if they put any bit of foundation in the ground, they're also fucked. So I want you to tell me. A little more about the slow death of Gaia, because that seems to be the most active thing going on for you right now. Well, um, so uh, our good friends Taylor um, and uh, Ryan D. uh, Of the Devolution Podcast. Yeah. Check it out. You like movies, you like reviews, you check it out. Part of the Square Hammer Productions team, Ryan Devolve, Devolution Uh, Podcast. Just just a quick plug, because that's what we do with each other. That's what Scory Hamburg is in, about. Plug it in. Exactly. Doing some plugs. <laughs> um, so, um, Ryan D. obviously has sunken ships for forever now, like the whole time we've known him. And more and, than that, yeah. And, yeah. And, um, and Taylor, who uh, I met through you guys, um, who's in like 10 million bands, as we all like to say. And Taylor's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, so Brian approached Taylor, I guess, about doing something more frequently than Sunken Ships because all the guys in Sunken Ships have kids, and you know it's it's tough. Like all of you guys have kids. So you're yeah, in uh, I think we should like if we get tired of the band name Sunken Ships, it might turn into the Dads. Um, <laughs> or I think we should just change our name completely. 
all get silly haircuts that look kind of like flock of seagulls, but instead like fucked up uh, whale dorsal fins, play punk rock, and call ourselves the Free Willies. <laughs> so, uh, so Ryan approached uh, Taylor. He's like, "Hey, I've got all these lyrics that like don't really fit with sunken ships. Like, but I want to use them. I want to do something a little different." And uh, I guess the Terry O'Reilly factor was going through some stuff. Um, and so Taylor had a bunch of stuff that he had written for that project that wasn't really doing anything. And so he took those songs and they, they did the Oil Drinker EP. Um, and then they're like, oh, like, let's actually make this a band. Like, not just like some kind of one-off project. And so Taylor was like, well, who typically plays bass wanted to play guitar. He wanted to stay on the guitar because he wrote all the shit on the guitar. And so he's like, well, we, we should find a bassist. And uh, Ryan D was like, well, my buddy Ryan Williamson can play the bass. He can play just about anything. So, which is not true. I'm not that good, but I, I you know, I, I've been known to play some strings. So yeah, You can dabble. You dabble a little, little dabble, do you? But uh, I happened to have a bass and a bass amp, so I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And so I learned the songs on the Oil Drinker EP, and, uh, and then we're like, oh, shit, we need a drummer. So we had a drummer who, like, bailed instantly. <laughs> and then I was like, well, this guy, Zach, that uh, hit me up on MySpace, or Facebook. Like, MySpace, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know, like, Facebook, what a fucking you, mistake. Some Somebody had... Uh, somehow a mutual friends between me and uh, Zach Placencia had told Zach that I was like just spinning my wheels a, a few years ago. Cause I was, and, um, and he had messaged me and he's like, Hey, we should jam. And then like life got in the way and we never ended up jamming. And so like when the, the guy I was in the situation, was like, Hey, we need a drummer. I was like, well, Hey, like, let me hit up this guy, Zach. Cause he's a pretty good drummer. Like let's, let's see what happens, you know? So I called Zach and he was like, yeah, like I definitely like love to check it out, you know, anyways. So we sent him the tracks and, and then, uh, like three days before we had our first band practice, like Ryan, he was like, Oh, Hey, Tyler Capone is going to be involved. So we're like, okay, cool. So we have like a band. So we all showed up to practice the first time and just like started playing oil drinker and it just, happened you know um no i saw was, this like this this happened like the duration of the the first half of the year and blam it's like ep whole band music video new ep signed to deciduous records my good buddy uh buddy brian zalkowski check him yeah. out deciduous records just a little another shameless plug yeah he does he does all the stuff oak oak cedar photography um uh what is it lonely leaf printing lonely now. leaf printing sure. That's where you can buy yourself an Uncle Sean shirt. Yeah. I mean, Lonely Live Printing at BigCartel.com. Apparently, he's trying to do con uh, fucking, what do you call it? Uh, landscaping work for people now, too. He made a post on Facebook. Yeah, I saw Jesus that. Christ, how do you have time for that? You're working on your house. You're doing all this other shit. You work at the business that you work at. And now you're going to fucking go rake someone's fucking lawn? Like, fuck you. He dude. doesn't like, fucking stop, dude. <laughs> doesn't no that kid's fucking insane no when he was making I have the, nothing but the utmost respect for him <laughs> yeah uh and his wife loves him but also hates that he's all over the place all the time also still loves him when he was doing really getting heavy into the shirt game 
there was probably about like 30 of my faces uh, drying on T-shirts all over the house. And as much as she likes to see me, she's tired of looking at my fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's so in... Like, Brian, if you're listening to this, don't rake anyone's lawn. Your wife <laughs> needs your attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure... She's fine with it. He's probably just making a little extra cash on the side. But either way, that's none of my beeswax. <laughs> okay, rake some lots. Yeah. Buy your wife something nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then uh, so I, I guess recently Tyler was like, hey, you know, I'm just like super busy with my family and work. And like, he lives really far away. He's like way down at the bottom of the state. So he like kind of dipped out. So we're like back to a four piece for now. Uh, we have a couple, um, or a prospective guitar player. Uh, we haven't had a jam with him yet, but, um, from what I hear, the dude's absolutely amazing. So I'm not going to name any names until, uh, it's official official, but, um, hopefully it works out. Cause I hear the dude is absolutely phenomenal guitar player. Um, and recently we've been in the studio. Um, I'm drawing a blank and I feel like an asshole, but, um, John. Yeah. John's studio there. Uh, and it's, I didn't, I just trying to think of what he calls the studio, but it's, it's cause it actually has, has a name. Well, I mean, we can guarantee that it's next to the only Chinese food place in Wolfboro, New Hampshire. So yeah, but, uh, it's a, it's a cool little studio and, uh, we've been in there, uh, and I will say all the guitar and all the bass is tracked and yeah. some of the drums and I believe vocals are happening uh, this week and the rest of the drums are happening this week as well. Nice. Um, for a new split EP with New Hell from Rhode Island, uh, they have all their songs finished apparently to the best of my knowledge. So hopefully within the next couple months, we should be seeing another uh, release uh, for both the Deciduous label and whoever distributes the new Hell music, whether they distribute it themselves or not. Um, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome because I really dig the new Hell tunes. Like they just have like, it's like a different aesthetic. Like, you know, they're, they're like kind of black metal, kind of punk rock, kind of death metal. Kind of hardcore. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I did crossover stuff. Like, you know me, like I really love cool and they're like another crossover band that's just like I just love that. I, I love the, the the blending of genres, and I guess that's why I really enjoy playing with the Slow Death of Gaia because it's like all the fuck just, over. Yeah, it just satisfies my ADD so much. <laughs> yeah, and like it my, satisfies my, like, <laughs> a, a really aggressive, sporadic, like intense music, um, and it's a lot of fun to play on the bass. And like I really cannot wait for people to hear these new tracks because I'm like. I'm pretty like, pumped to see you punching the fucking bass, dude. I mean, I've known you to fiddle on the guitar for years and noodle all over the place. And then, like, to see you from a whole different perspective, a, like, a you're on a new horse, and it's different. Well, it's, a new, it's a new old horse, because, like, so I started, I, I, played, I started playing guitar when I was eight, and I was not very good. And um, I think I was about 12 years old, and I had had a guitar this like fender thing that my dad had and all the electronics were fucked up and we tried to fix it. We couldn't fix it. And so we're like, fuck it. Like this is a vintage guitar. Let's just sell it in pieces. 
<laughs> so we pulled the guitar apart and sold it on eBay. Nice. And I used the money to buy a bass amp and and a bass. And I got I had a Kramer Beretta four string bass. I wish I still had it. I remember Same. that thing. I don't know where it went. It disappeared. <laughs> See it gone. Bummer. I, I wish I still had that bass. It was awesome. Uh, you know, maybe it's still in a machine shop. Who knows? Uh, I know some drums that disappeared from there. So, um, anyways, so I started playing bass and I met my buddy Roy, who, you know, and like, he turned me on to like Slayer and Pantera and like a bunch of thrash metal. And so I like learned how to play the bass by playing Slayer and Pantera and, and all that. And, and, uh, then like. I still wasn't very good and like I was jamming with Roy and this kid Mike and Mike's a really good guitarist and um they were like yeah dude like you need to get better like you kind of suck so, <laughs> like, it's like super defeated like I, I like went home with, with like my tail between my legs and I still want and like I had heard uh like the solo for domination for like the first time I was like 13 and I was like I'm gonna save up all my money and buy a guitar I want to play guitar so I bought a guitar and I still had the bass and I played the guitar and I played the bass and I, but like, it didn't really click until like, as corny as it sounds, cause I fucking can't stand Lamb of God anymore at all. <laughs> but I went and saw them live and I was like 14 years old. And, uh, I remember like something just clicked and I understood how alternate picking worked and like economy picking worked all yeah. of a sudden. And so I like, I stopped skiing. I stopped like doing everything. I would just go home and do my homework and play guitar. And like, I, that's all I did. Yeah. The whole winter. <laughs> and then, um, and I got better, but I still wasn't like as good as Mike. And so. Is I that good on ski? I went to band camp and, uh, yeah, and, and, and I, I had met this guy, Nate Comp, who's a guitar teacher. Uh, he, he works on Fretlight Guitars now. Yeah. Really cool dude. Uh, super knowledgeable. He was awesome. He used to work for Daddy's Check Music. Rest in peace. Rest uh, in peace. As a guitar instructor years ago. He's from mm-hmm. the area. Amazing guitar teacher. Him and uh, Eric Clemenzi, who's a guitar teacher from Mass. Um, they taught at this this uh, band camp situation and like Eric Clemenzi taught me how to do the dive bomb whammy bar stuff and uh, taught me how to do sweeps and like shreddery stuff and um they uh collectively uh I was able to figure out how to play the domination solo fuck yeah And, and then you know I got back and my buddy had just gotten a new drum set so we called Roy and like hey come jam and we started playing Domination and I did the guitar solo and he was like wow and I was like all of a sudden I was good enough to play in a band <laughs> and, and now <laughs> you're playing in the slow death of Gaia yeah <laughs> now uh, I wanted to bring up that the uh, how do you feel about I know that digital is like the way to go to push music pretty much uh, hard copies unless you're a collector and I know you are but uh, yes. it's kind of for the mass populace, for the majority, it's it's irrelevant to have hard copies of anything. A physical copy is almost silly, which in my personal opinion, like 
that's a big bummer yeah fuck those people though because those are all the same people who can't listen to an album front to back you go through what their ipods were and it was like three thousand songs none of them were part of a cd yeah, yeah that I used to that. just throw my i fucking hated it see i still have cds and mm. like i have vinyl records and stuff like i get stoked like I've, I've actually gotten some like pretty cool stuff that i picked up recently yeah i picked up the uh, come to grief vinyl uh in the local record store i um just picked up another bolt thrower record the honor valor pride record which i like when they first opened i picked up mercenary which is my favorite bolt thrower record i was stoked on that uh, my buddy actually from who lives out in vegas sent me the cannabis corpse ghoul splatter hash split which was cool fuck yeah copy of hemispheres by rush and i found a seven inch vinyl copy of the war from a harlot's mouth burning sky split which was like a throwback from high school so i was like damn and then uh green eggs and ham longmore potion castle split on (laughs) seven inch and uh just picked up the uh queen wolf calamity gold also a deciduous release oh yeah dude that album is dope mike walls He's the only person I, I know out of that band because I played with them once down in Baltimore. Uh, I absolutely love it. It's such a good record. I, um, I him singing, on, him singing uh, on that is just like immaculate. They used to have a different vocalist, and he just took over. And I don't know. I he- hope you hear this, Mike Walls, but I fucking love your silky smooth voice. It's perfect. I, I for love that the whole album. album. Like, I really, really like. That. I just kind of bought it on a whim because I was like, oh, you know, I'll support this other band for like way the fuck down in Maryland, like, it's on the same label, like, cool. Because they also are on uh, Audio Esoterica. Like, they, they kind of get distributed by two different ways, but, like, uh, the the heat, like, the first track, like, I like t- put on the record, like, when it came to the mail, I was stoked. I was like, oh, they sent me some really fucking cool stickers, which I've got on my guitar cases now. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's cool. Um, I think I put one on my pedal board, too. Um but like as soon as I put it, the, the first track just comes out ripping, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And like the whole album is just really cool. The album artwork that Brian Z also did with Oak Cedar Photography came out fucking awesome. So like, yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah, I guess my buddy Paul says it the best. Is the coolest part about collecting the records is you get to see the big album art and you get to hold it and like really look at it and appreciate it. Oh yeah, um... it's different than like looking at it on an iPad or an iPod, like. Having well, the physical copy. It's like for, for those. Me, like you said, like, nobody listens to listen to a full album. Like, I drive a lot. My girlfriend lives an hour and a half away from my house. Yeah. So, like, I drive to see her frequently. My mom lives in the, the southern part of the state, so I drive to see her, you know. Um, and then, like, I drive about half an hour, 45 minutes to work every day. So, like, for me, I'm in the car a lot. I'm always listening to music or something. And, like, so I still have CDs. And, like, if I'm sick of what's on the radio or, like, what I'm, like whatever, like, if I just don't feel like fucking with Spotify or Bluetooth or whatever, I just put in a CD. And, like, I will listen to the same CD for, like, a month. <laughs> yeah, I did that for the longest time. Um, fused together like, through revolving doors by the right cord was stuck in my CD player. Not literally, but it wouldn't fucking leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's 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 an album that's really easy to listen to a lot. I was actually listening to that album today. <laughs> Which, actually, I feel really bad about because the copy that I had was actually borrowed from Roy. 
And it's, I don't know if it was Dalton or if it was just when I had the van, people are in and out of it like religiously, but it got fucking destroyed. And so Roy, if you listen to this, I am going to repay the CD. I'm going to get you a new one. But, uh, but, uh, the reason why I started all that though, is, uh, how do you feel about this whole cassette business? Cause I know the oil drinker EP and the following one, please give me a title. Um, I don't actually know what we're going to call it yet. It's, right now, it's just the uh, New Hell, Slow Death of Gaia, Split, EP. <laughs> so I assume that uh, via Deciduous, that's also going to be on cassette. Now, how do you dig I, the cassettes? So, I think they're cool. So it, it's cool because you get you get the cassette there. The, the cool thing with the Deciduous stuff is they're all handmade by Brian. He scribes them each individually. He numbers them all out. Um, uh, actually, I'm holding a copy of Oil Drinker right here, right now. Um, yeah, mine's somewhere in the house right now. I have number 18 out of 30. If I, I if I wanted to walk away from the mic, I'd tell you which uh, number mine was. I, I have another one um, in my car that I uh, a buddy of mine had asked about. So I actually have a few friends who have started collecting cassettes, and it's um, it's kind of funny because. Uh, my friend Nicole started collecting cassettes a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh, you know, like, I used to have a bunch of cool cassettes. Like, I had a bunch of Rush and Slayer and, like, White Zombie and Sepultura and shit like that like, years ago, and they kind of got, like, worn out. Like, I, I, my copy of Animals by Pink Floyd got fucking played so many goddamn times it stopped working. Um, yeah. But, like, I just, I always thought it was cool, you know, like, having those old cassettes with, with still, like, the foldouts and stuff like that. With, with these, it's like it's cool because you get the cassette, but you also get the digital download, so you can listen to it on your phone. You don't have to have a tape player, but it's cool because you have that. Like I bought uh, the seven 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 Y Y Y Y seven seven or whatever that whatever seven Y Y Y seven Y Y Y. Yeah, I have that. In the I bought the special edition in the cedar box. So oh, that is a pretty. I love that. I was so excited when it came in the mail because like I opened the bag and I was like, oh, I love cedar. Oh, it smells so good. So I got that, and I was, I was super stoked. Um, but I have a, a few friends, including our, our uh, old bandmate uh, there, Trevor O'Donnell. Uh, big Side piece. He, um, another amazing musician. Yeah, dude. Um, he uh, he has the uh, oil drinker cassette in his car all the time. And nice. He, uh, I told him that we were working on the new Slitty P, and he's like, let me know as soon as it comes out. He's like, I want a copy. That's something I absolutely love about Trevor. Trevor actually is a fan of the show too. Dude is so fucking supportive and he's such a big fan of music. It's like yeah. you could send him, I can't say anything. I mean, he'll tell you like, gay, this is gay. Don't like it. But, but he, he listens to I me mean, like to, to, to give the example of how broad his spectrum is. John Mayer is his favorite. Well, yeah, there's John Mayer, then there's Chuck Schuldner, and I think they're right next to each other for tops. Well, yeah, Chuck Schuldner, definitely. uh, I pronounced it wrong. I'm a big Pat Metheny fan as well. Uh, Pat Metheny is a great jazz guitar player. Um, And I will give credit where credit is due to John Mayer is a fucking amazing guitar player. Oh, dude, guy's fucking hilarious, too. But all the jazz and stuff that he did, and he's now playing with uh, the Grateful Dead Friends. No shit. And honestly, I don't think they could have found a better replacement for Jerry. I mean, because Jerry's been dead for a long time. Yeah. Bob Weir and all those dudes are still doing it. And now they got 
John Mayer, who like he went to fucking Berkeley. Like this dude is an amazing guitar player. <laughs> like if you never li- like if you like music like outside of heavy metal or whatever, like just basic whatever day to day shit, and like you're a fan of like Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that. Like he did a really cool Jimi Hendrix cover album in the early two thousands. Yeah, he, the, the the John Mayer Trio, which is like a like a blues funk jazz band that's really fucking good. That like it's not like my cup of tea that I listen to all the time, but like you gotta give credit where credit's due. Like the dude can fucking play guitar, and every time you know Trevor says, "Oh, I love John Mayer," I'm like, "Hey, your body is a wonderland." He's like, "Hey, fuck you." I'm like, all right, you know, <laughs> I gotta bust his balls. I gotta. Oh yeah. But me and him also have the ongoing Slayer Metallica argument, like which one's better, and I I still think Slayer is better. Metallica is a little bit more organized. <laughs> um, my vote is still for Napalm Death. I love Napalm Death. So I saw them with Slayer. Yeah, like years ago, it was fantastic. I haven't seen them, and I actually I meant to this year. Of course, that didn't fucking happen. So I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> there you go. Um, it has a little pin with a, a unicorn cat with his butthole sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> It's in, it's fantastic. Like so, Sean. What's what's? If you had to say, like, yeah, you interview what, me now. What's what would you say? Like, we got seven minutes. What's like the most influential album? Period. Ever. Period. Or for me? No, for you. Period. Oh, jeez. I mean, that's now. That's I got a small handful. Um, like, okay, so like, if you had to pick one, that like when you when you were like say like. Say, like, around, like, back when we were in Malakota. Like, the one that was just like, this is what I want to do. Um, I definitely would say it would be Nocturnal by the Black Dahlia Murder. That was yeah. probably... Well, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking awesome album. Uh, for me, that was... I wouldn't say it was the introduction, but... So no, I heard I heard the song, I'm Charming, and that was before I was able to buy CDs on my own. So I never got the Miasma CD. But I was able to get the Nocturnal CD, fell in love with it. Then I was able to get the Miasma, and of course I fell in love with that. But I think just before that, what really got me in guitar, I'd say the most influential overall. And some people might kind of dig on me about it, but it was definitely System of a Down. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been able to play guitar. I mean, not 100% true, but that was the album, like, Toxicity was the album I can listen to, and I learned how to play it, and it started me. Then from there, I went to, like, Kill Switch Engage was a big one, the uh, the End of Heartache album, which I th- still think is a fucking banger, but I'm also, I have to say, if we're to compare, like, you know, as we've done so far, I'm a big Howard Jones fan. I understand where people are coming with Jesse, but... Uh, oh, that dude, that like, silky smooth voice of shed. Howard, yeah, and Blood's been shed. I think is his best work personally. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> and I know a lot of people will totally agree with me on that. Um, I'll just tell you the list of my own. Oh, I'm I'm taking charge. I'm telling you all of them. So it was that, and then of course, what else? Honestly, I was sitting on records for a long time. I was the same. I I mean, you know me. I would listen to the same shit over and over again and just beat it to the ground where it's just, that's where the whole albums thing comes into play. It's like, I can't listen to just one song cause I know the next one's coming up and it doesn't feel right when it's not there. 
yeah. <laughs> and then um, honestly, it took a few years. And then I really kicked up on it was the thing is you know this um I always pick up on on a band when it's too fucking late and oh, yeah. unfortunately the that last guy the party. yeah and unfortunately <laughs> that was the red cord uh that honestly I have to say my favorite album is the latest uh Fed Through the Teeth Machine and it's just a fucking masterpiece every everything they touch turns to gold oh uh, man fun. I miss them so much um and I think. The final big heavy hitter that's kind of really taken my heart over. I wouldn't say it's influential in my playing, but it's definitely into it's kind of helped me get through a lot. Um, Purple by Baroness that opened such a huge door for me. Um, I mean, you it's know that album. I've it's not my favorite Baroness album, but it's a good album. I'm I know, I, I love that one's my favorite just because it's kind of where I started. Um, yeah. Oh, Jesus. I almost knocked over everything. Uh, but <clears throat> I would say, I mean, Baroness is all amazing. That uh, Golden Grey album is just a fucking masterpiece. Um, Yellow and Green. I'm not a big fan of Blue and Red albums, uh, but that's just their early shit, and I get it. Uh, I love First and Second, dude. Yeah, but if, well, I get it. That's a little more on the aggressive side, but. The thing is, I feel like John, the vocalist, found his heart somewhere along the way. And that's what really inspires me. I've always kind of been attached to the emotional side of music, that like the melodic emotional. That's why I fell in love with the Black Dahlia murder. Even though they're aggressive, they have that like emotion, melodic feeling. Well, Trevor Sinat is a bit of a poet himself, and you can hear it in his voice. Like It's hard to do vocals like that just because like you have to put everything you've got into it without like in hope that you don't fucking ruin your vocal cords yeah. doing it because I'll, I'll sing along to like nocturnal or uh my asthma like my asthma is actually one of my favorite songs period oh ever. absolutely <laughs> i love everything about that song like, i know every word front to back i know the whole song on guitar on bass i know the guitar solo <laughs> like if i could play the drums that well i would know that know it on the drums too well that's why i'm here buddy <laughs> i know we were supposed to cover that song, and it never happened. We'll do it one day. I love that song. So, uh... I feel like it's 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 almost like, so, like, All Shall Perish. I'm not a huge fan anymore. They were a great band for, like, their first two albums. But they have this song on the third album that I really like um, called Songs for the Dam. And I'm a big Opeth fan. At yeah. Least, at least for most of their career. I mean, I still like the new Opeth, but it's not the same. You know, uh, and I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine earlier, but um, in the song, in the chorus, it's literally a bunch of like Opeth puns. Yeah, that's funny. Black metal hearts drown in black water parks. Damnation delivered us back to the start. Talk about fangirling. If these metaphors stopped and I'm like, ah, fuck, like that hits me like fucking a ton of bricks every time I hear that song. I I listen to it like once every two years and I'm still like, ah, like hits me. I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I don't even like this. Why is the song so? (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes they just hit you perfectly. All right, buddy. We we run out of time. Yeah, we're, uh, we're on the last minute of recording here because if you use the Anchor app, if you're on the web browser, they they cut it off. I bet we can go hours if we're on my phone. But if I was on the phone using it on the app, I wouldn't be able to talk to you. So, 
So, um, quick story. You like, got um, twenty seconds. Uh, I went to see System of a Down. Ended up seeing Mashuga when I was twelve years old. Yeah, changed my fucking life forever. There you go. <laughs> Didn't care about System of a Down by the time they got on stage anymore because I was still blown away from fucking New, Man- New Millennium Cyanide Christ. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> All right, bud. Well, thank you very much for being on. This is episode number three, talking with Ryan Williamson. And I super appreciate you being here, and thanks a bunch. Ten seconds. Thanks for having me, bro. All right, dude. And hopefully we can hang out again soon. We will. I love you, dude. Love you, too. All right. Peace. All right. We're going to wrap up this episode. Clearly, that one was pretty long, but talking to Ryan on the phone is always a good time. That was Ryan Williamson. Good friend of mine, long time. He's, uh, as you noticed, he's in a band called The Slow Death of Gaia, who he's uh, bandmates with Ryan Devolve of the Devolution Podcast. Of course, I'm going to keep bragging about them because Ryan and I put together the Square Hamburger Production. Ah, fuck it. It's called Square Hamburger Productions. I always want to call it The Square Hanger. I can't even speak. Fuck it. You heard what I said. Anywho, so I'm going to play a song from them. The Slow Death of Gaia. It's off their Oil Drinker EP, and this song is called Home Tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and thanks for listening.